All right, welcome to the Imperfect Leader Podcast. I'm Scott New, your host. Today, I have the honor of sitting down with my friend Blair Prophet and getting to know her a little bit. Really excited about you guys getting to know more about her and uh, following her on social media and also following her in her journey in life as she continues to move on toward more and more success. So Blair, welcome to the Imperfect Leader Podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I'm glad you said yes. (laughs) I've been wanting to interview you for quite a while and get to know you a little bit better and also for our audience to hear more of your story. So let's jump in a little bit to who you are, because many of the people listening to this have no clue who Blair Prophet is. There'll be a few that do know who you are. But tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe your family. Where's home? How'd you get to Elizabeth City? Just kind of give us a little background. Sure, sure. So um, I moved to Elizabeth City because my husband was in the United States Coast Guard, and he just recently got out a few weeks ago. So that's a very new thing. Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah, so we're excited. Change is is crazy sometimes, but we're excited. Um, But we are originally from Boone, North Carolina, and he is actually my high school sweetheart. So we've known each other for a very long time. And he, you know, we went to college and did all of that stuff. And then he decided to join the Coast Guard um, several years later. Um, But we now have three children. Uh, My oldest is seven. I have a five-year-old and an almost two-year-old. So, you know. So your hands are full. Yes. So things are a little crazy, but it's a good crazy. Um, But yes, we have lived in Elizabeth City for the last five years. Mm -hmm. But the military had moved us around a few times. But home is originally... Um, the mountains of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And I bet the mountains are beautiful right now. Oh, yeah. I'm very biased. That's my favorite place on earth. I can imagine. <laughs> well, we're, we're recording this in uh, mid-November, so I can only imagine how pretty Boone is. And oh, yeah. have they already had some snow? They have. They yeah. have. They've had one snow so mm-hmm. far. Now, is that, did they receive a lot of snow in Boone? Uh, yes, a significant amount. From yeah. now until March, there will be okay. a lot of snow. Yeah, so it's the chances of having a white Christmas there in Boone is pretty high. Very high, yeah, yes. Great. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I mean, this is the beach area, so yeah. it's a big difference. <laughs> big. And ho- hopefully you've kind of fallen in somewhat love with the beach. Oh, you yeah. Know? oh yeah. That, it's going to be hard. We're so used to having mm-hmm. the beach. And so whenever we move back one day, it's, you know, yeah. we'll Well, then you'll look to... forward to coming back exactly. to the beach and visiting. Exactly. Well, good. I hope you come this way so you can come back and... Be a part of our lives as you For vacation. Sure. Absolutely will. Well, the reason that I wanted to sit down with you and interview you is because you are an executive national vice president at Arbonne. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a, an, an amazing journey I know that you've taken to, uh, to get to your position. Uh, tell us a little bit, because some of the people listening have no clue really what Arbonne is. So tell us what's Arbonne, exactly what is your position, what do you do, mm-hmm. and then uh, how did you get from where you were to where you are today? Give us a little overview of your journey. Sure. So uh, we were actually stationed in New Orleans, Louisiana, mm-hmm. at the time when I was introduced to this company. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I wasn't um, super open-minded when I was first introduced. But um, to sum it up, it is a health and wellness company. But we are founded in Switzerland, but it's now an American-made company. And I had a really, really good friend that I went to college with. I actually lived with her. Um, she was my roommate. She was my bridesmaid at my wedding. So we were very, very good friends. And she had started with this company and reached out to me. Um, what's interesting about that is I was working in corporate America at the time had no interest of branching off and doing anything different. But um, basically, 
with the military and moving, you know, my job kept having to change. And I um, was introduced to this, started using the products because I was trying to be a nice friend and be polite, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. But I saw a difference. And then I also saw a little bit of success. And we decided that we wanted to start a family. And because of that reason and that reason alone, I think is the only reason I was open-minded. So I, because I think the the idea of being an entrepreneur and not having to clock in, clock out, like really doing it on my own was very intimidating. So I saw the appealing factor, but I think I kind of knew what it would take and it was a little scary. So I basically decided to do it just in hopes that it would work a little bit, but I didn't have aspirations to do it long-term. Okay. So you were thinking, Hey, I'll give it a shot. Maybe I can make some extra money on the side. Exactly. Right. Exactly. My Was there anything process. that your friends said that, that sparked your interest or you really did it just to kind of be a nice friend and say, okay, fine, I'll try. Yeah. Well, initially it was the nice friend part, yeah. but when I saw her just being a little bit successful mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, I was in a position in my job where I didn't see any more promotions or anything else happening. I was stuck where I was. It yeah. is what it is. And I honestly got to the point where my true deep down desire in my heart was to be a little bit more present as a mom and my current job wasn't going to allow that. And so for me, it was the time factor. I think that's really what I was looking for was, okay, if, if I did a business where I was my own entrepreneur and was able to make my schedule, then maybe I could kind of weave this around my life Mm -hmm. instead of the other way around. And so that was really the time was the thing I was looking for the most. But I didn't see how financially it would provide long-term time. I thought short-term time. Sure. Um, So I, you know, I basically decided to do this, but, um, you know, God has a sense of humor. And two months after deciding to do this, and I was still working full-time at Mm -hmm. the time, so I was kind of doing both, which we needed the extra money. Um, We found out we were expecting our first child. So I had to get a little bit more serious, a little bit faster than I was anticipating. But thankfully, um, because of that, because I think anytime you have like a time frame where you're like, okay, I have to meet a goal by a certain time, it kind of pushes you more so than if you have all the time in the world, right? So I knew I needed to replace my full-time income by the time I had this baby if I wanted to leave that corporate job and be the present mom that I wanted to be. So I was able to do that. And I, you know, I'm a procrastinator. So you were able to <laughs> replace your other, your your current salary at that time. Correct. And how long did it take you to do that? So I started in December of 2011 and I was able to replace my full-time salary by October of 2012. Wow. Yeah. So, and it, it surprised now that, that's me. That's <laughs> unusual though, correct? Or yeah. I mean, that... there have definitely been people that have done it faster than me and there are people who have done it significantly slower. Right. So, but for me, that felt very fast. Sure. And so th- there were a lot of doors that opened up and to be fully transparent, it felt kind of simple when mm-hmm. I first started, like things were happening, doors right. were opening, I was working, but um, I will say it got a little bit harder when that baby came oh, into yeah. the picture. Mm-hmm. And I had to, you know, rearrange and figure out how to do that as a new mom mm-hmm. and navigating all of that as well. But yeah, so within, you know, less than a year, I was able to replace my full-time income. And I've literally been doing just this business since that day. 
That's amazing. And and how did you, did you have just a lot of friends that you were able to introduce the product to, or was it because of moving around, you had a lot of connections or your family? I'm just wondering yeah. if someone's listening going, well, I've been thinking about getting sure. into Arbonne. How can I do that? I mean, right. is that a little... It's a great question. Yeah. And I wish I could say that all of my friends were super excited and mm-hmm. everybody jumped on board, but that wasn't the case. Um, what's interesting to me is I found it was all for me to grow was all about networking okay. and finding people and finding a need for people and then getting introduced to their networks mm-hmm. as well. I grew in what, you know, in business they call a cold market, right. which always intimidated me in every other uh, position I was in in any other company. But um, with this, I found a difference in my own health and my own life. And so I, I just genuinely started sharing mm-hmm. that. And found that people were looking for the same thing, whether it was, you know, financial Mm -hmm. or their health reasons, whatever it was. But what's interesting is I totally expected my closest friends and family to be like fully on board Mm -hmm. immediately. And it honestly shocked me when they weren't because I thought they would definitely see what I saw right, you Mm -hmm. know, from the beginning Mm -hmm. and they didn't. And so um, truly... Uh, the first whole year was mainly growing within people in New Orleans mm-hmm. and people away from home. Um, you know, maybe some of my coworkers for sure that I worked with in New Orleans that probably disliked their job as much as I did and so on and so forth. But I wasn't able to grow, I feel like, in my warm market until years later. Hmm. Now, do you consider yourself an extrovert, introvert? Was it easy for you to just go out and start making friends and networking? Or? No. Okay. So I'm, I would definitely, it's funny. I think now today people would say I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. but when I started this business, I was definitely more an introvert. And so I will say that's something that I've had to grow towards and I, it was unintentional growth. It just naturally happened. But, um, What's interesting is I feel like when there's a need and there's something that pushes you, you force yourself out of that comfort zone. And what I realized more and more is every time I got out of that comfort zone, I saw growth. Mm. And I would just take baby steps and baby steps. And then I would retreat and go back, and then I would start back and do baby steps again. But it's funny. I think maybe because, you know, my husband and I are from the same town, we had a core group of friends that, you know, even in the military, I remember when we first moved to our first station, I was like, we don't need new friends. We have friends. They're at home, but they're, you know, we got plenty of friends. And so going out and making new social circles wasn't a desire of mine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for it. And I realized that, um, my quality of life increased significantly when I did that, Mm -hmm. when I did get connected with new communities and new people. So you see yourself as almost a different person today than you were when you began. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Now what your position again Mm -hmm. at Arbonne, what, what do you do today versus what you did then? Like how has that changed? Do you do the same thing or you into coaching now? Ones that are coming up or how, tell me a little bit about that. There are definitely some similarities. Like the basics are the same. Okay. As far as when I am just talking to anyone, sharing with them about my business, it's the exact same from when I started. However, because I've been able to teach and train so many other people how to do this business, there is a whole lot more teaching involved than there was at the beginning and certainly training. And now I'm in the position where, you know, I am in charge of retreats and Mm. functions and, you know, party planning and all these different things that was also not something that ever saw myself doing. But it's, it's, it's fun because we enjoy our community. We enjoy the environment, but it's weird being the person that 
organizes all of that. So a lot of that is um, part of my, where I spend my time as well. Now Arbonne lends to a a community. I mean, it sounds like you've got friends within Arbonne that you do life and kind of share life with. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I just got back from a leadership retreat in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and um, I used to, in the beginning of my business, see these things as taking me away from, Mm -hmm. you know, my family, my kids and didn't see the value in it. But now every time I go, I've learned, you know, you learn so much from other leaders, from other people who have been through trials and things and are in this with you. And it's amazing that I have a community of people that have no benefit to my business whatsoever, other than the friendship and just learning from each other. And we were just there for 48 hours. It was a short retreat, but it was all national vice presidents within Mm -hmm. Arbonne. Um, that are in, you know, an organization that I'm with. And it's amazing how when you get with like-minded people, um, how much that can grow you, even in 48 hours, mm-hmm. it was crazy. I, you know, I was stressed with different things and the transition out of the Coast Guard and, you know, um, different things going on at home. And so I thought, gosh, I don't have time to go do this for two days and maybe I should cancel. And when I got back, I realized I was like, you kind of need those. Yeah. You need those breaks and you need sometimes just to you know, get refocused. Yeah. At what point over the last nine years, I guess you've been in mm-hmm. and out eight, nine years, uh, did it become clear that this, this was going to be my life? Like I'm going to do this because yeah. I mean, you didn't have your eyes, no. I don't assume set on becoming executive national vice no. president. I no. mean, it, it happened, mm-hmm. but from just the little bit that I know about you, it wasn't something that you began with. I'm going to become national no. vice president. Definitely not. It just, it just kind of soared. Right. And at some point, though, you went, this is it. This has changed our life. Yep. And we're going to stay in this as long as we possibly yep. can, right? Yep. Was that a few years ago or what? Well, yeah. So I, so the, how my business works is, you know, as your organization grows, your income grows based on your percentage because, you know, we're a health and wellness business and that's the dynamics of that. However... Like I said, that first year I was doing pretty good. So I think I got a little confident, probably too confident. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got really comfortable in where I was. And like I said, I had that brand new baby. And I actually ended up finding out that we are going to have our second child pretty quickly right Mm -hmm. after because my first two are only 17 months apart. And so I feel like those first few years in Arbonne, it was a lot of balancing new mom life, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband's schedule moving. He started um, aviation school, which brought us here in Elizabeth City. And so there were a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. And something that's interesting, and I learned from one of my mentors um, in my business, is that you have to recognize you're either in, let's see, I don't mess this up. It's either blaming mode, justifying mode, or growing mode. Mm. And I realized with those first few years, I was either in blaming or I was justifying a lot. I never quit working. I was always doing it consistently because in all honesty, we needed that income. Mm -hmm. You know, we needed that just to, you know, get by because we're both at the beginning stages of our businesses and so our our careers. And so um, the justifying and the blaming is something that I had to recognize in myself. And I feel like that's where a lot of people in any aspect of life, you know, there's always an excuse and a reason to put something down and to stop. And um, when she said that, it really hit me. And I thought, gosh, I haven't been growing. And as a result of that, um, because I kind of just stayed stagnant, I just did the minimal of like what you had to do to just keep the income I had already built, basically. Um, I had two incredible leaders in my organization that bypassed 
my uh, pay, my percentage. And so their businesses are growing bigger than mine. And it was definitely a big um, shot to my confidence where I'd been so confident those first couple years. And so that's when I got, I think, into the blaming mode. And when I finally recognized that, and, um, and it was great because when I moved here to Elizabeth City, I knew absolutely no one. Literally, we didn't know a single soul. So, um, you know, it was just like when we moved to New Orleans, but it was different this time because I had already built this business and I had two young kids. So it wasn't like I went straight into a corporate job. And so I realized the important factor of me wanting to naturally retreat and just stay at home and be with my people. I had to go out and meet people if I wanted to continue doing this. And so I got plugged into the community here, which has helped my life in so many ways, way outside of business. I mean, every aspect. I think it's made me a better wife. I think it's made me a better mom, you know, getting plugged into, you know, mom groups, um, a Bible study, um, going to the gym and just having a community where you see the same people every day at the local YMCA. I mean, different, different things like that church, obviously, like all these different aspects built a community here where we started to build a home here. But then I felt confident in, and I felt like I could approach people and share with them what the gift that I found in my life confidently because they knew me and they knew that I was being real and genuine. And so um, slowly but surely, I kind of got back into that growing mode. And I stopped blaming and I stopped justifying. And I was able to promote again to um, a level that we call regional vice president that I never saw possible. And that was a big significant jump for us. And I think that every little step that you make um, produces confidence to go towards the next step. Yeah. And But national vice president was still not in my radar. That still seemed way, mm-hmm. <laughs> way far out of the box of the realm of possibility. But um, incredible thing happened was when you kind of just let go and let God and just keep doing what you're doing and kind of have tunnel vision and focus on, you know, what you know is good and what you know you're capable of. Um, it's you can't kind of turn around and you you can't believe what's happened. Like the last two years, especially in my business, from year to year, the amount that we've grown is unexplainable, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I can't really explain it. Like I look at that and how I feel and what I believe is that that's only God. Yeah. And um and I and looking at it, it's just I read this book called. Go Giver by Bob Berg, and um, and it it shifted everything because I was always in a position where I felt like I didn't want people to think I was asking something of them. I felt um, I I don't see myself as quote unquote a salesperson, even though I knew what I was doing was a good thing. I knew it could help people. Um, I would retreat behind what made me uncomfortable, and when I read that book, it shifted where it was like so much more about what you give and value is so much more than what you receive in payment. I remember him saying that book. And so there was, there's something of value that I could give people. And when I focus on that versus my paycheck and what we needed personally, because that was my focus very much. So for the first few years, I think that was a huge shift um, for growth in my business. That's great. Wow. Those three, those three uh, places, the blaming, the justifying, Mm -hmm. the growing, I mean, that is I could, we could talk about that for a long time because I, just looking at that and thinking through as you were talking, most people who are in a blaming mode or a justify mode can't see it. It almost takes oh, someone to point sure. it out, you know, because you really believe you have reasons you're not mm-hmm. growing. 
and you know you justify why you're stuck you justify why things aren't working for you and you truly believe that people are holding you back so you're blaming them and it it almost takes someone and i believe you said a mentor of yours oh, yeah. or a friend of yours mm-hmm. pointed that out or it was in a leadership conference you heard that and it it kind of awakened you to that it takes almost an outside exactly. person to go hello you're in justifying mode you're in blaming mode so that's uh, that boy that that's that's good for any business any church or just mm-hmm. a person in, in their life just right. personal growth and we it's so easy to point fingers and say well I'm where I am because of you or I'm where I am because of these you know the if I had that person's life of course I could be successful right. you know it's all the blaming and justifying I've heard it said before that you know the greatest enemy of tomorrow's success is yesterday's success mm-hmm. and we get so used to what we had that we don't see any more room for growth, you oh know, gosh, so and we true. get, we get so comfortable with our income or comfortable with, you know, what we've accomplished that we just use it and we just kind of get so, uh, you know, accustomed to it. We don't dream anything greater. Right. So someone had to wake you up to that. So this has not yeah. been just an easy ride for you. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Not I was going to ask you kind of yeah. what, what's one of the greatest obstacles, but it almost sounds like you answered that. And that was just you getting you situated and sorted yes. and, and kind of balanced and figuring out how all this works. Absolutely. And it's interesting too, because I think that um, a huge aspect that I was missing, um, and I think this obviously to grow a business, but I think in marriage, being a mom, being a friend, any, anything, the self-development aspect was mm-hmm. missing because um, I don't know why, but for some reason growing up, I always thought that was hokey. Hmm. You know, I thought, you know, reading these self-development books and these things. I just, I saw no value in mm. it. And yes, I, I think you should be cautious and pay attention to what you read, of course, but it's good to read. Yeah. And it's funny because I would get an excuse, well, I've got young kids. I don't have time to sit down mm-hmm. and read, but there's a little thing called audiobooks, yeah. you know? And so I- Becoming more and more popular, by it, the way. Really? Yeah. Like I literally, I mean, thank you Jesus for those because I will get in my car and listen to an audiobook, which by the way is a great way for your kids yeah. to take a nap. And so <laughs> I will listen to them and- I realized, you know, just having quiet time every day, you know, you know, growing personally changed every aspect of my life, but it allowed me to get, you know, that head trash out and got me out of the blaming and the justifying and recognizing, you know, I needed to grow yeah. and I needed to change. Because when you, when you sit and, and talk with people mm-hmm. or interview people, it's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is just sitting down and just getting into the head of someone else and saying, you know, tell me what you're learning, where you're growing. When you read a book or listen to a book or whatever, uh, most of the time you're listening to someone who is in a growing mode or they've gone through the justifying mode, blaming mode, and, and are now writing a book about growing. You begin to see yourself in that and they call you out. You know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you're sitting there reading this book and they call out your excuses mm-hmm. and, and they highlight your attitude that, that stinks. And you put the book down sometimes in this sense of, wow, you know, I've been found out. Um, and then you begin to grow. And then as yeah. you grow, then you're capable of handling more responsibilities. You're capable Absolutely. of handling more weight and, and accomplishing more things. So self-development's huge. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just yeah. you saying that, I'm like, I can't believe um, now where I am. I That would have been so intimidating to mm-hmm. me several years ago where now I feel capable. Yeah. And, but I also don't feel like I'm done. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, right. I'm continuing to grow, but um, every day. Cause do you we guys all have like a library of, of, of books you guys share in Arbon? Okay. Absolutely. And, and I don't know the other, the other people that are in my organization with me. I gift books all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they love it, but they yeah. need it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's books that I've read that I thought, gosh, this just was a game changer for me. It yeah. just shifted everything. Yep. And so I give books all the That's time great. and share it's them. one of the best books. I mean, one of the best gifts you can give Absolutely. Is a book. I remember uh, listening to Rick Warren. He's pastor of Saddleback mm-hmm. Church Love in California him. years ago. And he said, he said, there's never been a slump in his life he's not been able to read himself out of. Oh, gosh. And that's I powerful. thought that is so, so insightful. And I didn't even appreciate it as much then as I do now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people walk in my office and I have all these books, you know, like, you know, why do you have all these books? And I'm saying, you know, you have no idea what these books mean to me. These books have led me out of depression. Mm-hmm. They have led me through self development. They have called me out on a variety of things. These are like the voices that constantly call out to me. And, you know, I can, I can literally go and pick a book mm-hmm. up and look at the book and remember a time in my life. It's like a, a memory. I remember, you know, 10 years ago when totally I was going through this or that. And this was the book mm-hmm. that helped get me through that. You know, I even have books in my office where the other day I picked up one and I was flipping through and I saw um, some handwriting of Ashlyn. Uh, or Cameron inside, they scribbled because oh, I was reading a book when they were three or four and they scribbled. You also know? relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and and one day those books, because your children are so young, right. but man, when you look back and they're 25 and they're 30 and you pick a book up and you see their handwriting in it and the book will mean something, plus your kids were a part of that. Uh, books to me are just... Um, precious, you know, and, yeah. and I, I have a lot of books now on Kindle. I've probably got like 600 books. I think I have in electronic, but there is nothing like a Holding real book. book. Yeah. You know, it's got marks in it and I can, you know, so fold true. down the pages and it's got coffee stains in it and it's got marks in it because that's been through war with me. You know, it has literally led me out of so many different things that answer questions that I had. So I'm a, I'm a book connoisseur and I, you know, if I spend $15 on a book, even if even if the book wasn't per se, you know, phenomenal or life changing. Look, if I if I have one question that I've battled to answer and I find the answer in that book, just one, worth it's worth fifteen dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> because Absolutely. the stress over trying to find the answer <laughs> to this question or whatever. So hey, you know, one sentence, one paragraph out of a book to me is worth it. That is the cheapest therapy you're ever totally. gonna find is a fifteen dollar book. Totally you know? agree. So it's good. Well, how did you how did you manage this stress with your family and kids? You spoke a little bit to it, but yeah. You you still even have a what how how young is your 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 child now, your youngest one? She she'll be two in December. Okay. So yeah. you still got your oldest is seven. seven. She just turned seven. Right, yeah. So three from seven to two. And you've gone on this journey. You've yeah. traveled. You've you've gone to South America with us yes. to Ecuador yes. a few years yep. ago. Uh, all of this, your husband and the Coast Guard. How did you figure out time to, you know, if you cook? I don't know, but if, to right. cook or to clean. No, and I to, actually love cooking. Okay. Well, how do you do all of that? Somebody's out there going, oh, I would love to do that, but how am I going to manage that yeah. with my kids? It's, oh, gosh, that's such a good question. And that was another um, gut check for me was recognizing that, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day and time is precious Mm -hmm. and we spend it and waste it on things all the time. And so there were little tweaks that I had to make where, you know, not scrolling through my phone and checking out Facebook for hours, Mm -hmm. not sitting at night and binge watching on Netflix. Not that I'm saying that's bad, but I'm saying it wasn't 
serving any, yeah. it wasn't benefiting me in any way in life because what we'd be exhausted as young parents. And when we got the kids in bed, I'm like, I want to just check out. But I realized, I mean, it, this seems like a little simple thing, but I am a procrastinator at heart. I will put something off and off and off and off. So that's been something you've had to battle the whole time. That, absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, I have a handwritten calendar because there's, I think, vision um, is important for me to write things down. And every single night, I literally sit there with a um, to-do list, checklist for the next day. And just, you know, nothing crazy, but it's just little things, like little things to do for my business. You know, if we have appointments, if there's something going on with my husband, whatever it is. And I write down a checklist. And the next day, I sit there and I have, you know, and I'll be honest, I take advantage of, you know, the YMCA free daycare. Mm -hmm. So I'll go work out or maybe I'll have an hour where I'll just sit there and get some work done. So I just navigate little pockets of time. Oh. Um, but I will, I do better if I have a list and I just knock out what I need to do. And if something happens in life, cause you know, every day mm -hmm. looks different, I'd simply move it to the next day. But once I'm done with work, I put it down mm -hmm. because a factor for me was the reason I got into this and, and decided to be, you know, an independent business person was to have more time with my family. And what I found is sometimes it was getting off balance mm. where I was so focused mentally thinking about this all the time that I wasn't checked in when I needed to be. And there were sometimes where I was too checked in and not doing anything for my business. And so that's going to be a constant battle, I think, but recognizing, you know, put your phone down, put your work down and then go be present with your family. And so, you know, now, it looks different because I have two kids in school um, and one at home now. So it's like that looks a little different. So I try to get a lot accomplished before they get out of school and things like that. So when they get home from school and they, you know, we do homework and we hang out and we, I cook dinner and take them to their activities. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like life is constantly changing. And so I've just had to weave it around whatever my life looks like, basically. Yeah. I, I, You know, when you mentioned about putting your phone down, I think most of us would probably be surprised at how much time we waste oh. on things like phone or Facebook Absolutely. or Instagram. I, I think so you, you inter interview people and ask them, you know, how, how much time do you think you spend, you know, on social media? They typically always way underestimate in mm -hmm. what they actually do. Um, an hour will go by and it felt like just a few minutes because you get lost in the hole, you know, of, of all these people's posts. And in one hour, what could have been read mm -hmm. in an hour or what project could have been completed or how many phone calls could have been made in networking. Uh, and in that one hour a day yep. over a seven-day period, that's seven hours, that's a full day's worth of work mm -hmm. that is literally just given away to nothing but surfing online yep. or binge watching something. And you literally consume an entire season you know, in a few days and at the end of it, you're not really any better than it, you were. At the, yeah, I mean, you were entertained exactly for a little while. Yes. Yeah, but you don't. So a lot of people who say I don't have time, it's just they don't even see that they do have time, right. but they're just not using it very wisely. Exactly. And that's an ongoing oh, issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's, it's something you have to check yourself every yeah. day. Now, in your position, I I assume that you get an opportunity to speak with some some ones who are some um, Arbon consultants. I'm not sure yeah. the right word. Right. A consultant. <laughs> Uh, that's up and coming and you get a sure. chance to do a little coaching teaching all the time. Here's my question mm -hmm. for that. I, I imagine that there are, are many, probably a lot more who, who begin and do not continue. They try totally. and it doesn't work out for them or, or they haven't been able to find their niche among those who quit. Do you find a theme? Yep. What, what do you find is the, probably the, the, the most difficult thing for them? Is it the time management? Is it the 
networking. Um, what do you find is kind of a, a theme among the people who just give up so quickly? I would definitely say, I mean, 99% of the time it was, they didn't give it enough time. Um, because that's where, when there were times in my business where I thought, okay, no, I, I, I've given it up. It's just, I didn't, I feel like right before something huge happens is when people kind of throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. And I was so close to doing that so many times. And it's interesting, you know, and I think reading has helped with this a lot, but you hear about people who are successful in life and it's, it's kind of like, you know, they're doing all these small things that nobody was seeing Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and they're never going to get credit for and the world's never going to see. And then they have these massive impacts on the world and then they're going to be remembered forever. But nobody saw. people assume they were an overnight success. Exactly. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody who's just getting started, I can tell, they may not say it out loud, sometimes they do, (laughs) but I can tell they think, well, gosh, yeah, it's easy for you to do this. It's easy for you to go out and share and, you know, be confident in this because you're successful. But they didn't know me when I wasn't. And so, and I remember thinking that too. I remember looking at the people who are successful and thinking, well, gosh, yeah, must be nice, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's a natural thing um, to think, but you have to recognize everybody starts at the same place Mm -hmm. and you have to give it enough time and you have to kind of go through the hard. And um, something I shared, we, you know, we have a big conference um, every year, like a, it's a global conference. Mm -hmm. So all the different countries come together and um, they asked me to speak this year, which is a very intimidating thing, but a huge honor. And um, they said, what's the one message you want to get across? And what I was thinking was my brand new people that are just getting started, that haven't gone through anything yet, that don't know what's coming. Um, I remember I saw this in a book that I was reading, and it was um, a quote about a stonecutter. And it said, um, you know, you see the stonecutter hammering away at a rock perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. it except at the 101st blow, it'll split in two. And it wasn't that blow that did it, but all that had gone before. So good. And um, that to me was when I was in one of those dark places in my business where I felt like a failure or I felt like I was at a standstill. When I saw that, I thought, gosh, you know, I've been hammering away at this for years. And honestly, I think what it came down to was, okay, if I give up now, what would I be giving up what's possible versus, you know, what felt hard in that moment. And so I think giving up what was possible, you know, having that vision, um, there's a book by Andy Stanley called Visioneering. Love that book. book. It was powerful. And so you have to have a clear vision and giving up what was possible was scarier than pushing past the hard. It got to that point in the business for me to where I just decided to push past the hard. And you had a, I assume you had a very supportive husband. Very, yes. Yeah, because I can imagine that 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 would have been a completely different story for you. Yes. Had your husband been just, what are you doing? Why don't you quit? Give up. Yes. You know, and there, unfortunately, there are people who Mm -hmm. have to deal with that. So speak a little bit about to his support. Yeah, no, he, he deserves his, a lot of yeah. credit. And I and I know everybody needs somebody sure. in their life. And um, my husband is a very honest person, um, and I, I respect him for that, but he does not hold back at all. Mm-hmm. And I love him for it, but there's definitely times um, that I find it annoying. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I remember one of the really hard times, I remember him looking at me and saying, hey, you have to get some perspective here. You know, I, I distinctly remember this is when he was actually away for six months. Mm. 
Um, I had a brand new baby. Sawyer um, was, so I had Landry and Sawyer that were one and zero, and he was away for six months. And it was a very hard time in the business. It was absolutely the time that I felt like I was done. And um, he said, listen, look at all you've accomplished. Why would you throw it in now just because you don't like the scenario you're in. Like you've already accomplished so much, like nothing bad is happening. You're just not where you want to be yet. It doesn't make any sense for you to throw it in, you know? And for us, it came down to, okay, you can go back because financially you can go back to doing what you're doing before, or you could stick this out Mm -hmm. and keep pushing. And it was a reality check where I was like, he's right. I'm just mad. It's not happening fast enough for me. And so he's definitely had moments. And I think men in particular are not as emotional as women. And there's sometimes that I would get very emotionally attached and it's hard not to, to goals and visions and things like that. But, um, he would always kind of bring me back to reality and remind me what I've already accomplished and to be proud of that and to recognize that continuing is always worth it. That's great. Well, Blair, speak to the, um, the young lady, the young man, older person out there uh, who's listening, and they've got a a dream inside them, and it, it might not be for Arbonne. And right. In fact, the chances are pretty high. It's not going right. to be for that. But it, it could be literally to start a restaurant or maybe a, a small bookstore or, you know, whatever, uh, maybe just a business from home. And they're feeling somewhat um, discouraged mm-hmm. and, um, they're thinking, wow, you know, there's so many great success stories out there, but I probably won't be one of those. What are, what are some next steps for them? Or maybe a book or that you could recommend, or here's a few things to keep in mind. What would you say to them? They're driving down the road, listening to this podcast right now, going to a job that they don't like, you know, they wish they could get out of it and start that dream. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to them if you were riding in the car with them right now? Well, the, I just thought of a book, of course, right? So that was Dare to Dream, Work to Win. Okay. Um, can't remember the author, but it's really good. Dare to Dream, Work, work to, to Win. Okay. Um, because I think people are afraid to dream. I think that they're uh, afraid to do anything that's out of the box because I was certainly one of them, you know. And I think that, you know, you only live, we have one life. You have one opportunity to, you know, do something great, right? And so many times, I think the biggest obstacle that people have to overcome is they worry about what other people think Mm. and they worry about the failure, not because of the failure. I don't believe, I think because they are afraid what people will think if they fail. And so, you know, I had to stop worrying about what other people think. And for me, focus on what God thought, you know, am I doing all I can to have an impact in this world? You know, am I really like, and there's a big difference between bringing in a big income and having an impact. Mm -hmm. You can bring in a Mm -hmm. huge income and have zero impact in this world. And I think there's just little things, like if you were opening a restaurant, I mean, think about the impact you can have with your staff, with serving food that Mm -hmm. may be, you know, introducing to people. I mean, whatever it is, if you have a desire in your heart, I don't think that there's a mistake that you have that desire. And I think God knows the desires of your heart and you should absolutely pursue them. And I just think that the biggest obstacle is overcoming what people think of you and worrying about that failure. When most of the time to get success, to get to where you want to be, you're going to fail. 
And you have to recognize failure is inevitable, but you have to go through those steps in order to get to where you need to be. You, you've noticed that change in you from, because you began with going, I just want to replace my income. Oh yeah. Right. So when you said, when that, when they introduced Arbonne to you, you weren't thinking have an impact on the world, right? You were just thinking, how do I replace this? Be able to stay home with my family. So the impact you were wanting to make was basically in your checking account. hundred percent. Right. And just in your, in, in the profit home. Oh yeah. Okay. So you, you've, you've grown Mm -hmm. to become now, I mean, obviously being able to make decent money, being able to take care of your family, things like that is, is a nice thing, Mm -hmm. but you sound like someone who's, who's come to the place where you really have more of a joy in the overall impact you have in other people's lives. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it is funny because, you know, my degree is actually in fashion merchandising, which has absolutely nothing to do Hmm. with them doing right now. And I always joke, but it's the God's honest truth. The reason I did that was because I wanted to shop for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Like there was no logic behind it. And so I picked a degree and I did that and I worked in the industry, but I job hopped Hmm. for a decade, you know, all through my twenties, I was never satisfied at any job and I would go to the next job. And I looked at everything as a job and I didn't find anything, or I didn't even really think about their needing to be a reason to find joy in what mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. It was just a job just to get, earn a paycheck and pay your bills and get by like, that's just what you did. And I think because, you know, especially being starting your own business and doing this, it forced me to grow as a person and it forced me to see things totally different and recognize, um, what, you know, I, I had a pastor, the one who actually married my husband and I, and he used to always say, and it didn't mean much to me back then, by the way, but he used to always say, we're blessed to bless others. Yeah. And I thought he meant tithing, which yeah, obviously yeah. is true. Yeah. But um, I realized that's in every aspect of yeah. your life. You know, you if you can bless people with your gifts and, you know, what you're capable of, you bless others. And so, like I said, you know, you can bring in a good income, but if you're not blessing people, you're not, I mean, and passing on that gift, mm-hmm. um, it, there's, you're, there's no impact. And so I had to realize too, and that was another shift for me was it wasn't about my paycheck. It was about, Hey, I actually have the opportunity to help other people who mm-hmm. might be stuck. Like I have what I need yeah. to get by, yeah. but there's still other people who don't have what they right. need. So I could help them. Yeah. And so that's why it doesn't matter how successful I am in this business. I'm going to continue doing that because there's still people that are going to be exactly where I was. And I was looking for something like this. I just didn't know it existed until somebody shared it with me. It's great. Well, you still have a long way to go. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're young, you've still got your young family. Uh, So, you know, there are places still to go and things to accomplish. So, you know, uh, one of my favorite authors in in leadership is John Maxwell. And he talks about the leadership lid, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's something that my, my wife, Lynn and I have talked about a lot, just, you know, where's our lid, you know, what's Mm -hmm. holding us back? How do we lift the lid? So a question for you, and we're going to turn this a little bit lighter in just a moment, but I just, I'm curious, do you see a lid right now in your life, a current leadership issue that you're working through? Mm -hmm. It could still be time management. It could be family. It could be, uh, you know, um, more new relationships you're trying to build. I'm just curious where, where's Blair's leadership obstacle right now. She's trying to read her way through, think her way through. Talk to me about that. Gosh, that is a, that, yeah, that's a great question. So I, I would definitely say not getting comfortable Okay. because I mean, like I just mentioned, you know, when you do bring in a good living, it's easy to kind of veer off of working Mm -hmm. as hard as you did in the beginning of your business because you have what you need. Right. 
and don't get into manager mode Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to be a manager of people, but to stay in the grind and continue working and showing people, um, you know, what it takes to grow a business. How do you keep yourself fresh then? So that, I mean, that's a great question too. I think that, um, the biggest thing is recognizing. So like when I have conversations with people, um, for example, I had, um, there is a lovely couple that's just great that we met right before Byron was getting out of the Coast Guard that he worked with the husband and they'd just gotten here. And the wife, I met her, we had him over for dinner just to welcome him and things like that. And um, nothing about the business whatsoever. But I kept hearing her say, you know, I'm stressed out. I have these young kids and we have this. And I kept hearing these things. And I thought, gosh, if I threw in the towel, I would have nothing to offer her. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a wake up call where I was like, I need to continue mm-hmm. making sure when I hear these things and I fi- hear a need, and I have something that can help that I'm offering that gift. It doesn't matter where I am in my life. If I feel like I'm too busy or we've got too much going on, if somebody needs it. I need to recognize that and share it. Mm-hmm. And I also have to recognize that I was doing too much for everybody. And it was taken away from the people that matter most and most in my life. That's probably the biggest cap was I had to learn that balance piece. And, um, and you can't be everything to everyone. And it's so much better to build leaders versus a whole lot of followers. Yeah. And I would downplay things so much because I was afraid to put too much on people and not allowing them to grow into what they needed to be. And so I'd say my biggest obstacle is doing too much and recognizing other people need to be able to, I mean, we rise by lifting others, right? Mm-hmm. And so I need to, to recognize it, I, what I want. My biggest goal needs to be finding people who are better at this than me mm-hmm. and allowing them to be better than me. Yeah. So what I hear in that is a an intentionality mm-hmm. to to have conversations with people mm-hmm. who are where you were. Yep. To remind you absolutely from from where you've come, and to continue to offer assistance rather than just kind of moving when often when people's income goes up, mm-hmm. they hang with different people. They start doing different things and they lose touch with where they were mm. and they just lose that passion. They lose that desire to, to continue to help. So by just getting to, a chance to get to know new people and meet new people and listen to their heart, mm-hmm. you know, that she was struggling. Well, you remember that, you yeah. know, you remember that felt like, and yeah, you can help. And then on the other end, continuing to intentionally hang around people who are better than you. Exactly. It is a balance. <laughs> because, yeah. Cause yeah. that pushes you to go, you know mm. what? And there's still room to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that in the middle is where the uh, kind of the death sure. zone is that comfortable zone where you just, you get the money, you get the house, you mm-hmm. get the food, you get the comforts and you don't let anybody push you and you right. stop hanging around the people down here exactly. that aren't too it's successful. It's so easy and to you stay forget, there. Yep. And you just get yeah, stuck there. That's good. All right. Well, let, let's let's change the tone a little bit, sure. and we'll wrap this up. And thank you so much for your transparency and and your story. I'm hopeful that that's really going to inspire a lot of people. And right before we we finish the interview, I ask kind of a little contact information so people want to get up with you or follow you on social media and things like that. They sure. can. Sounds great. But this is the first time we've actually done this, so you're okay. you're our first. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some quick questions, okay. and these are just about personal life, about who you are, and just first you know, thought that comes to your mind. Okay. okay? Uh, tell us your favorite movie. It's a wonderful life. Okay. You watch that every year, every year. <laughs> I even watch it when it's not on Christmas. Okay. Is that a family tradition? Now <laughs> it with is. Your kids? Um, and it was because my grandmother and I were super close and it was her favorite movie. Mm-hmm. 
So, I, I mean, we even had a dog named Bailey after George Bailey. <laughs> really? I mean, and I don't care if it's black and white. I yeah. love that movie. I can quote the whole thing. Great. Favorite song? Oh, my gosh. Lisa Loeb, Stay. Okay. I used to listen to it in like middle school on repeat. And you still do? Still do. Okay. My daughter sings it with me now. Favorite meal? Oh, gosh. Mexican, 100%. Never get tired of it. Gosh, I love cheese. Do you cook it at home too? (laughs) I do. Yeah. It's funny. At home, I cook it healthy. At the restaurant, I don't eat healthy. (laughs) Okay. Really? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Here's a little bit more serious. If you could sit down with one person, Mm -hmm. past or present, and and have a meal with them and just uh, talk with them, whether they're alive today or have passed on and you could still have that opportunity to sit down and talk, who would it be and why? Gosh, like someone I knew or didn't know. Didn't Does it matter? Uh, Anybody would, that you would have an opportunity to sit down and talk with? My grandmother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has she passed on? She has. Yeah. Yep. And you would want to sit down and just oh, I would her just life, her absolutely. life story and ask questions. And, and I feel like I'm so much wiser now in yeah. life. I wasn't a mom yet. I wasn't a wife yet. And um, life for me is so much different than when I knew her. Um, I would just, oh, makes me want to tear up thinking about it. But yeah. Having that time with her would be incredible, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was extremely close uh, to me, and she passed a few years ago, and I often can still hear her voice, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah, you know, when she uh, was was taking care of me, I was a very um, different person than I am today, and I could have a much more mature conversation exactly, with her. I know. It'd be yeah, crazy. so I get that. Hey, what is your favorite word? Oh, <laughs> My gosh, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Yeah, most people don't, but it's the words that we use a lot. <laughs> I think I say goodness gracious just about to everything. Why? I I I don't know. Both my grandma said it, I guess. <laughs> and I think instead of cursing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's your, it's, it's your way of cursing. <laughs> so it comes out if I'm happy, excited, mad. Yeah. It comes out all the time. Yeah. What's and your, so my what's kids your, repeat it now. What's your least favorite word? A word you hate? Oh my gosh. I hate the word moist. Okay. Because it sounds gross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. And uh, one more question. What Describe for us your perfect day off. Oh. Perfect day off. I would love, um, gosh, my kids love being outside, you know, beach, mountains, lake, whatever it is. Um, but any of those things, doing a full day with my kids mm-hmm. uh, and my husband, you know, it's not as fun if he's not there because he makes everything funnier. Yeah. Um, doing that and then being able to go on a full uh, kid-free date with my husband right. and have that time at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so that just was, a, that's a wonderful day. day with your kids. Yep. Until they are exhausted exactly. and then having and a hand date them over evening, to grandparents or like something. with your husband and just exactly. go out and have a nice day. Yes. And you would and you would choose what restaurant? Oh gosh. So I said Mexican, I know. <laughs> I didn't know if you had a, um, but a restaurant really, you guys go to. It's kinda of like your yeah, restaurant. Yeah, Magianos. Oh my gosh. They've got the bread yeah, and the yeah. pasta. So yeah. yeah. I'm Italian's a, my second I'm an Italian yeah. fan. So. And you can't go there Magianos with kids. is beautiful. No, no. You <laughs> certainly so won't enjoy it as no, much no. as you do. Well, this is great, Blair. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, how, how, what's the best way for people to get up with you? They're listening and go, Oh, I'd like to find out more about Blair. I would say Instagram is super simple. Okay. Yep. And, and what's and your, what's your, uh, it's your, just Blair profit. Okay. Easy to find you mm-hmm. there and follow you on Instagram. You post a lot on Instagram. I do. Okay. I do. You'll see a lot of my kids, a lot of my life and a lot of my business. Okay. So it's all there. Yep. Great. All right. Well, we'll uh, try to link that also in the, in the bottom there when we put the podcast out for people to, to follow you. Okay. So thanks again so much. And no, I'm excited about honor. people following you and getting to know you. Thank you. Take care.